The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Welcome to the show. Uh, so tonight we were supposed to have a guest uh, a guest uh, that I was supposed to interview. She is the author of Not Always in the Mood, The New Science of Men, Sex, and Relationships. It was very fitting to have her on, but she called in sick. I'm still going to stick with the topic. We'll have her on, a, on another day. Um, but this week, November 19th, was International Men's Day. And last month, there was so much talk on the Internet and, and this this. Uh, these words thrown around, toxic masculinity. And lots and lots of people wrote about this. And tonight, I I actually want to talk about it after 10.15, after I answer some of your questions. But I want to I talk about this notion, this, this sociological concept, if you will, that is uh, uh, quite pervasive in our culture right now. So there's a lot of talk about it. There's a lot of this going on on the Internet. Please don't accuse me of being a feminazi or a radical feminist or man-hating person. This is, I just want to open the conversation and for us to have a discussion about masculinity in general, since this is the, the talk and tons of people have written about it. So I'm going to share some of their, uh, some of what I've read, uh, with you. But first. Time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800. So if you have any questions for me, do text in. Uh, people have uh, emailed me as well, laurie at drlaurie.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E at D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E. So I answer your questions at the beginning of every show just so I can uh, get through all the questions that I do in fact get. Okay, uh, here goes one. Uh, Since I was 14, I had this strange fetish. I become sexually aroused by the feel of newspaper on my skin. I get an erection when I read the morning paper. I wrap myself up in newspaper, and I even masturbate with newspaper. I have no idea where this came from. I'm now 55, and I still have the same obsession with newspapers. Have you heard of this before? How common is it? So I got this email, so which gives me a little bit of time to research. Um, I haven't heard much about this. If there's, I haven't seen any uh, literature, like no scientific, no, no scholarly articles that are written about this uh, particular uh, fetish, but I did what everybody does. I used Google. Uh, so if you do a Google search for newspaper fetish, you get about a half a million results. It's like, what? Uh, so it's not considered a common fetish. A common fetish would be, say, uh, a foot fetish. But it seems that there are many people in the world who s- share this arousing interest in newspapers. There's a lot of online forums that exist. Uh, there's some on, uh, there was one I found on Facebook uh, called the group is called Newspaper Fetish. There was another one that I found on uh, a Yahoo a Yahoo group, also Newspaper Fetish. Um, there was another one, uh, ExperienceProject.com, and, and they have a group called Have a Newspaper Fetish. So uh, to answer the question of the why, 
that's a hard one to 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 dissect because as far as any any fetish goes what we understand is that and this is a simple explanation and it might go beyond that for other fetishes but the brain pairs an inanimate object and in your case a newspaper with sexual arousal so somewhere in your development and it happens usually during childhood or during uh puberty so sometime in your childhood you might have had a newspaper present or uh your somebody was reading the newspaper you might have developed an erection for uh, not because of the newspaper but just because and somehow this was uh, paired is it possible that newspapers are comforting to you uh, maybe it was comforting to watch dad read the newspaper and uh, so newspapers become became like a, a little bit of a transitional object and then they were in your possession or in your hands when you did become aroused for the first time or or early on so that that's what we kind of know that's one plausible possible explanation but otherwise it's it's kind of difficult to know the why in terms of the uh, the damage or not the damage but is this you know some people are listening to this and saying is this a sickness or something like this if you're not hurting anybody and if it's not interfering in your love life your sex life your couple life or your life in general then even if it's odd as most of us would say this is kind of weird um it it doesn't mean it has to be problematic like that's the the bottom line that's that's it Uh okay, next question. I um I'm currently 20 and my boyfriend is 21. We've been together a while and love each other plenty, but the problem is that I'm ridiculously kinky and he can't bring himself to dominate me in the bedroom. What do we do? So I suppose it's very possible that your boyfriend doesn't share your passion for BDSM or or or, or any interest in kink or BDSM. This is like one area I find that is not so easy to compromise on. Like if this is your way, like if you feel you are kind of wired this way and it's something you absolutely need and it's something that he cannot handle or doesn't want in his life or turns him off or what have you, that becomes a sexual incompatibility. in that point at that point. So you may want to have a good discussion with him. Maybe have him make a list of things he would be willing to try and a list of those things that he considers let's say non-negotiables like no go zone. So like he can put a yes, a maybe and a no go. Uh, and then you can start off very slowly like i wouldn't introduce him to the kinkiest of kink but uh maybe some light domination maybe some things that he might be uh comfortable with so um hopefully it will be okay for him to start light and he'll he'll enjoy that with you knowing that it's it's pleasing to you but what if he never takes to BDSM. What if it's something he does not want in his life? Could you live with that? So that's something you have to think about. 
because everything else could be great, but if you can't live without that, you may have to think about the relationship. Uh, this text writes, I think the saying goes, neurons that fire together wire together. Yeah, we've got a neuroscientist answering that one. Thank you. So I do want to talk about this notion of toxic uh, masculinity without anybody getting angry with me. I just want to bring up this topic and have a discussion about it. And I really invite all of your comments um, once I start uh, talking about, about this. And we can celebrate International Men's Day together as well. Your relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. First, let, let me begin by wishing all the wonderful men out there a happy International Men's Day. A few days late, but nonetheless, this week. So this topic is, uh, is quite fitting. In the, towards the end of October, there was a fury on, on uh, Twitter and, and uh, social media. And the word toxic masculinity, or the two words, were being thrown out there. And I think it was started, uh, according to some accounts, by a British columnist and uh, noted feminist, Caitlin Moran, who put out a call for men on Twitter to talk about the drawbacks of being a guy today. And it just took off. It went viral. And so lots of people started writing in about this. But let me just begin by saying that I am no misandrist. And a misandrist is the basically the the other side of uh, misogynist, okay? I am not. Uh, so let me just start off with that. So no accusations. Let's just talk about this and see how people feel. How would you answer that question? What are the drawbacks of being a guy today? Are there downsides of uh, being a man. We often talk about the downsides of being a woman. At least women talk about that. But what about the downsides of being a man? Do you can you identify any? So I went to <clears throat> Urban Dictionary just to find the a bit of a definition of uh, uh, of toxic masculinity. Although I looked, you know, I, I went looking in, in different places and I found this one to be rather fitting. So this is a, a term, a social science term that describes uh, narrow, repressive type of, types of ideas about the male gender role that defines masculinity as exaggerated masculine traits like being violent, unemotional, sexually aggressive, and all that stuff. It also suggests that men who act too emotional uh, or maybe aren't violent enough or don't do all of the things that real men do can get their man card taken away. So we're not talking about masculinity in general, because you can be very masculine without having toxic masculinity. So I want to put it out there. I'm not talking about all men. I'm not putting this. I'm not putting all men into a category. I'm not generalizing. I just want to talk about this particular concept that applies to some men. And then I'll share with you some of the studies that have been done, some of the surveys with young men and how they think when they are asked about masculinity. And it'll kind of give you an idea where we're at in our, uh, in our culture. So what are the beliefs of toxic ma masculinity? Things like 
that interactions between men and women always has to be uh, competitive and not cooperative, that men can never truly understand women and that men and women can never be just friends, that real men need to be strong and that showing emotion is a sign of weakness unless it's anger and that's okay, uh, the idea that men can never be victims of abuse and talking about it is shameful. The idea that real men always want sex and are ready for it at any time. These are all uh, actual myths too, right? Uh, the idea that violence is the answer to everything and that real men solve their problems through violence. The idea that men could never be single parents and that men shouldn't be very interactive in their children's learning and development and that men should always be the dominant one in the relationship. The idea that any interest in a range of things that are strictly considered feminine would be an emasculation of a guy. So these are some of the characteristics or the beliefs of uh, toxic masculinity. I have met men like this in uh, in the circles that I frequent, let's say, of partners of, of, of people that I know. Uh, I have met men who have those very beliefs. Is that all men? Absolutely not all men. Um, my husband, I consider him very masculine, but he is very nurturing, emotional, great with the kids. Uh, like there, no, none of these things would apply. So it's not. I'm not talking about all men, but it's important that we we do talk about this. There was a comment at the bottom that kind of struck me. Uh, in this UrbanDictionary.com thing, said a term invented by man-hating fake feminists seeking to suppress men's biological trait. Those who use this misandristic term claim they are not calling masculinity itself toxic, but rather the toxic actions that are performed through masculinity. If you are a sane, logical person, you will obviously realize what a nonsensical meaning that is. Fake feminists, I don't even know what a fake feminist is, by the way, only use such terms to control and suppress men. We as a society cannot let that ha happen. Thus, we have to understand the true meaning of said term. What do you think? Like that kind of struck me right there, that this is by fake feminists who are using this to control and suppress men. I never got that impression. Uh, someone else wrote, the socially constructed attitudes that men are expected to be, violent, unemotional, sexually aggressive, etc. It's harmful to men and it harms everyone else as a consequence through these actions, especially prominent in locker rooms, uh, fighting, proving yourself, whose dick is bigger atmosphere. And we just saw this in the story that uh, we talked about this week, the Toronto uh, hazing incident at a school. It happens in fraternities. Uh, all of that. So those are just some of the comments uh, about this. And I want to get your feedback on this. It was a big uh, Twitter storm uh, this person put out. She's a, a feminist, calls herself a femi feminist. Caitlin Moran uh, asked men to talk about the drawbacks of being a guy today. And I am asking you the same question. What are the drawbacks of being a guy today? Do you see any of these uh, drawbacks. So a couple of studies were done. There was a British study and an Australian study that looked at uh, at the beliefs of uh, of young men, and that's often you're looking at the the next generation and 
you know, those who are going to be in relationships and, and such. So it was a, an Australian study called the Men's Project. And what they found, uh, this is a study between, of men age 18 uh, to 30. And they found that young men who conform to traditional definitions of manhood are more likely to suffer harm to themselves and do harm to others. This is, uh, the men's project was started by the Jesuit Social Services, dedicated to helping boys and men live respectful, accountable, and fulfilling lives. Um, that's important, I have to say. Good values. Uh, the researchers surveyed a thousand young men on their attitudes towards seven pillars of traditional manhood, self-sufficiency, toughness, physical attractiveness, rigid gender roles, heterosexuality and homophobia, hypersexuality and aggression and control over women. And they put these in, uh, they called all of these the man box, which are the ideals of manhood uh, that can be both influential and restrictive to young men. And so the men were asked about their perceptions of societal messages about manhood and their own endorsement of these messages. So what they found is that many of the young men remain greatly influenced by these societal messages of what it means to be a man. Um, young men uh, were particularly likely to agree with statements that society expects men to act strong. So 69% of them said that. Uh, 60% uh, felt that they had to fight back when pushed. And 56% felt they could never say no to sex that men, real men, are not supposed to say no to sex. So that's more than half uh, believe that. So there are some traditional ideals that did uh, fade. So there were fewer young men who agreed that society tells them they should use violence to get respect, so 35% uh, at that point. Uh, straight men should shun uh, gay men as friends, only thir 36%. That's still a pretty high number, nonetheless. Uh, boys shouldn't learn how to cook and clean, 38% believe that. And men shouldn't do household chores, 39%. I wish it would be like 100% at that point, right? Uh, or rather 0% on the other side. A uh, sizable number of young men believe men should act strong, um, more almost half, be the primary breadwinners. 35% felt men should be the primary bre uh, breadwinners. Uh, fewer respondents agreed that men should have as many sexual partners as they can. So 25% uh, thought that they should have as many sexual partners as they can. 23% they should, said they should avoid housework and childcare. To me, that's still a too high a number. And 20% said they should use violence to get uh, respect. 27% of young men believe they should always have the final say about decisions in their relationships. 27. It's a quarter of young men. And 37% believe they should know where their wives or girlfriends are at all times. These are the beliefs of young men today, not of yesteryear, uh, today. This is in Britain. Uh, no, this is the Australian study. The, uh, there's a British study that I'll tell you about too, which um, is very similar also. And then uh, this article quotes other uh, research 
that has also found uh, different things like U.S. research uh, found that young American men are less aware than young women of the harms, for example, of traditional masculinity. Are there harms to traditional masculinity in your opinion? Let's talk about that. Uh, Dr. Laurie, the role has changed in the last generation. What you are talking about was the role shown in the show Mad Men. Yes, but it exists today. I talk to men today who have those same um, same thoughts and same beliefs. Coming up, we'll talk about the British study um, about most young people still feeling pressured to man up. And what does it mean to man up? That's after we check uh, in with our newsroom here on CJD 800. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. It's sex out loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Where are all my guys tonight? I want you to weigh in. Uh, We're talking about masculinity, and the term that's been thrown around uh, quite a bit in the last few weeks is toxic masculinity. It was put out on Twitter uh, and somebody put out something that went viral and they wanted to open a conversation to talk about the drawbacks of being a guy today. And I'm asking you, like, how would you define masculinity today? I think there's no question it has changed. And I was um, sharing with you the results of an Australian study that still had pretty high numbers of young men who held some of these beliefs that were damaging to themselves, not just to uh, women or to society in general. But there is good news because even though this man box uh, survey, if you want to look it up, it was called the, the, uh, the men's project, the Jesuit social services men's project, which looked at 18 to 30 uh, year old men in, in Australia came up with all kinds of stuff that really, to me, is a, a bit eye-opening. I thought there would have been more change today, but anyhow, uh, there still is. Men are definitely uh, changing. There have been shifts over time in men's attitudes toward gender roles. Uh, other studies have also shown that more young men today than ever are supporting gender equality and are rejecting violence against women. I would hope so in this day and age with everything that's going on around us. Um but they, this, this article also notes that there are also signs of uh, regress and backlash. So what's going on exactly? What's going on today? 514-800 to text in or 514-790-0800. Is this a topic that everybody wants to just shy away from? I, I, to me, it, it's a bit controversial in terms of a Usually I get accused of stuff when I start talking about this as if I'm talking uh, merely from a, uh, um, you know, a feminist uh, perspective. And often people talk about feminism as if it's a really bad thing. Um, Radical feminism, okay, but this is not radical. This is kind of -of run-of-the-mill I'm as feminist as the next guy or girl, really. And we're talking about a a certain type of masculinity, Uh, people who espouse or who have these beliefs of um, kind of extreme masculine behavior or things that historically were uh, associated with uh, masculinity, which just don't seem to fit our lives today. 
Uh, and I don't know how you feel about that term because there's also been talk on the internet that this term is very damaging as well. And, and it's damaging in the sense that people think that toxic masculinity goes together. In other words, that's, it's not, there's no such thing as just masculinity. It's like all masculinity is toxic. And that is not what we're saying here at all. I don't want that message, uh, to get out at all. So I want to share with you this uh, this study on uh, on a Brit- British study, new research by uh, YouGov, that found that 61% of Britain's young men feel feel pressured to man up as a result of damaging gender stereotypes. This is now 18 to 24 year olds. So according to these findings, 67% felt compelled to display hyper-masculine behavior in tough situations, and 55% said crying in front of others would make them feel like less of a man. 1% of all of these uh, surveyed, there was over 2,000, associated the term with honesty and only 3% associated it with kindness. I'm talking about like masculinity here. So this is like, this is prevalent. Like this is going on here. And like, think about those, the, some of these really dated stereotypes, right? Like men are, are, women are, can be emotional, but men have to be stoic. Well, this is still an attitude today. 53% of young men saying they feel like society expects them to never ask for emotional support. That's a problem. And this comes up often when I get questions from men, uh, and they have been like, they, they write to me and they say they've had a condition or something that they've noticed for a long time. And they ask me rather than go to run to the doctor when something's wrong. Is that part of it? That not like, is it, it, does it show weakness to go and ask for help or to say there's something wrong? This is not all men. I want to say that again in my practice. 50% of my clients are females, 50% of my clients are males. So it's not that all men don't ask for help. Plenty of men uh, do ask for do ask for help. So, um, oh, are our phones working? Somebody just texted me saying the phones may not be working. Can you make sure you have a, a good look at that, Dave? So um, we get our calls in here. Texter writes, guys, probably doing, uh, probably doing what? want to chime in because they fear losing their job taken to court or acid thrown on their crotch. What? You don't, you think that's why guys don't want to chime in that they're afraid of women doing this to them or what? Uh, if you haven't already seen it, you've got to watch the movie Bruno as it's a provocatively shocking and audacious controversial comedic documentary featuring an outrageous gay male actor interviewer and the provocative responses his flamboyance instigates from those he interacts with. Yes, it's uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, isn't that? I believe so. Um, and yeah, quite uh, uh, pushes the envelope there quite a bit, quite a bit. 
Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. So other things um, that we need to tackle, and we need to tackle a lot of these uh, these kinds of attitudes uh, more and more now, uh, especially in this year. And yeah, hashtag Me Too, of course. Um, and and especially encouraging victims of sexual assault and harassment to speak out, who are men too. Let's not forget. Uh, one text writes: To be a man is self-sufficient. What does that mean? Does that mean that if you're a man who needs support, if you're a man who uh, wants or needs, I don't know, help in some way, does that mean they are not self-sufficient? That that implies to me that you can't ask for help, that it's not manly to say, hey, uh, I need help with this. And sadly, there are far more men who take their lives due to depression and such, because they don't have those outlets, because they have this belief that I must be uh, self-sufficient. And that means I can't go ask for help. So what is it to be a man? How how do you define masculinity uh, today? I keep getting texts that our phones aren't working, but I, I'm going to go and have a look at the next break, and we'll make sure that the phone's are uh, are working for you, okay? And then you can call in at 514-790-0800. You can text in, though, in the meantime, at 514-800. How do you define masculinity? Talk about the drawbacks of uh, being a guy today. Tell me about that. 514-800 to text in. It's also, this week was, November 19th, was International Men's Day. And why do we need an International Men's Day? We need it because it helps raise awareness of the issues that men face, especially mental health challenges. We don't talk about the, men don't generally talk about the mental health challenges they face. Why is that? I mean, again, not all men, but generally speaking, there is a, a feeling that it's not manly or it's not cool or it's not, uh, it shows weakness, that mental illness is somehow weakness. And this does such a great disservice to our men. And we have to change that. So this, whatever toxicity there is or whatever extreme masculinity, we have to get rid of those beliefs, change some of those and redefine what is it to be a man today? You tell me, what is it to be a man today? Straight talk that's all inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Asking the question, what is it to be a man today? What is masculinity? I'm not crazy about the term toxic masculinity, but it's out there. It's floating around. You've probably heard it. Lots of people have. Craig, what do you think? Hey, Craig. Uh, I, hi there. Hi. I, uh, I agree and disagree with uh, a lot of what you were saying. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot negative, I suppose, in being a man. Uh, I do help out quite quite a bit in the household. Uh, we share chores. I'm very active in my kid's life. Good. But on the other side, um, I mean, I have an eight-year-old son. Uh, do I really want him sitting there watching My Little Pony or a Barbie show? 
I mean, why not? That's my. I mean, again, yes, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Now, that doesn't mean that it's uh, it's it's a problem for him. He sees absolutely no problem in it. I mean, we have uh, we have a young daughter, and and I I guess I feel uncomfortable with him watching it. Uh, that I guess that's an insecurity that I have. But with his in his generation, I mean, he doesn't care. I try not to to push my views onto him and. You know, I have, he can watch whatever he wants to watch. And what but, if he uh, asks you, what if he says, Dad, for Christmas, I want you to buy me a Barbie? Again, that would make, it would make me feel uncomfortable. Not, and I, I mean, I, my sister is, is gay, so there's, there's no, uh, I guess there's no hiding that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there is, I have no problem. Well, would that make <laughs> me feel uncomfortable? Yes. Would I do it? Yeah, I probably would, okay. but it still makes me feel uncomfortable. And does that make me over masculine? No, no, it makes you honest, and I appreciate that. I think that's the most honest answer I've gotten so far about this because I think intellectually you don't want to raise your son to be like to be uh, like you want him to be free to choose whatever. Exactly. And just because yeah. it makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean you're going to impose it. But being aware that it makes you uncomfortable and why it makes you uncomfortable. Like this is where you have to start thinking back, like how you were raised or what the the culture of being male might've been for you, which may be different for your son growing up in today's world. Absolutely. I mean, when I was raised in the eighties, uh, being gay was bad yeah. uh, or I guess frowned upon. I wouldn't say bad, but for example, boys played with He-Man and girls played with My Little Pony. Right. And that's the, that's just the way it was. But today, in today's age, uh, I mean, you know, you can do whatever you want. You know, I'm I'm active. I'm super straight, but whatever. But I'm in the the the, the parade every the Pride Parade every year. Right. You're an ally. Right. So yeah, uh, it just like I said, just makes me feel uncomfortable doing All right. that. Uh, All right. Well, I think that's re- I, I really appreciate that, Craig. I find that super honest, and and that's uh, and that's fair. It can it can certainly make us uncomfortable. It doesn't mean we ascribe to those things, but the opposite might still make us uncomfortable based on just our own uh, kind of our own blueprint because of how we were raised. But that's okay. Now we can uh, we can move move past that. So now you've got a chance to to improve with your son. Thanks so much for talking to us, Craig. Jacob, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. How are you, Jacob? I'm fine. I, To be honest with you, first of all, I would like to know about the study that you were talking about. Like, who did the study? Which group did it? How many people were in the study? It's like you're, you're quoting a study that, uh, you know, you're not giving too much information about it. Which okay. Is, but, for, first of all, you... And you're quoting it with 27%, 38%, which, you know... And maybe it was done with two people, so we don't know. No, 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 I did say, I did say, and maybe you weren't listening. One study had over 2,000 people, uh, and another study, uh, I have to look for the uh, the numbers. But you're going to have to trust me on this. When okay, uh, when I'm reading studies to you, I'm, I, I look at the source of where it's coming from. These are, uh, these are things that were reported. So I get your questions. It's okay. Um, Fine. But there was also a report saying, and this is what I saw somewhere. I don't remember where I read it, but it was quite credible. It was saying that a lot of young girls nowadays are dating men that are like 20 or 30 years older than them because they can't find any masculine men. So so the question is, I feel that it's an agenda. And I'm not a... 
I'll be very open about it. It's getting on my nerves, the whole <laughs> thing about gender roles changing. Okay. In my opinion, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. What does that mean, though? It, what does it, it mean to so, be a man? It doesn't... It, what it means... Yeah. It means that you're masculine. If you want it or you don't want it, you are. You can try to push it into a box. Nobody's trying. Hold on. It. But wait, Jacob, nobody's saying you can't be a man and you can't be masculine. When we're all of this is about something that is on the extreme side of masculine and some of the beliefs that we were raised with, like it's not manly to show your emotions. It's weak to uh, admit that you are ill. Or that oh, you. No, it, it is manly to show your emotions, but in a specific way, it's not manly. Some things are not manly. Like what? Is to cry manly. is not manly? It is manly, and it depends on what occasion. But if you start crying like, like your wife cries every time she gets upset, it's a little bit different. You think, think all, if, you, if your husband would cry, you're married, I think, yeah? I'm married, if, yeah. If your husband would cry, I don't know if you cry a lot, but some no. women, they cry more, and some women cry less. Right. But a lot of women cry a lot more than men or faster so think that if, about it, if your husband would cry as fast or as much as uh, he d- well I- i'm gonna answer that right now we can go to a movie together and it's a touching something touching that makes me tear up makes him tear up he, so i will say he will cry as much as i will cry okay very interesting he and to me of- he's no no less masculine believe me no that's that's not my point but my point is there's a lot of things that men are because it's in their nature to be that way, and it's very normal. You were talking about pushing back. I have four boys. I, I teach them that if somebody does something to them or bullies them, yes, you fight back. You use your masculinity that you have, that urge that comes up in you that you want to fight back, and give it back. And what would you teach if, a girl if you had a daughter? If I had a daughter, I would teach her to fight back as well. But mm-hmm. it, in a lot of girls, it's not in their nature to fight back. But a, well, a guy I disagree. Has it. They have it much, much stronger than women. That's it. Men have a lot of, a lot of natural things that come along with the male hormones, and you cannot suppress it. And it, toxic masculinity, I think, it's just making a lot of people very mad and very. They're scared. They don't even know what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And most of the men today are starting to turn into wusses. Oh, come on. See, that to me is that that's that's the kind of attitude I think that is hurtful to men why and to women. Hurtful? Why? Because Explain I think it, because it makes men suppress some of the things that they might want to express. I, I don't know. I'm a very masculine guy. I have I, I, I my wife is actually a very quiet person. OK. And I have a lot of masculine things to me. I also cry. What, what does it have one with the other? It doesn't suppress your your part, your emotions, your stuff. But there's a masculine part to you, and that's really okay. masculine. It's okay. aggressive, and it's it, it, it's there. I'm not saying that you should go around hitting people because right. of that. Right. But uh, listen, I hear you. A person, and you can't just. Because somebody came up with the idea of toxic masculinity, that's it. So we all have to know. No, you, but that's not it. Quiet the whole time. Hold on. But you, you, you're, you're, mis, uh, you're misquoting me or misrepresenting what I'm saying. I just, I never said that this is what masculinity is, that all masculinity is toxic. That's not it. <laughs> that's not it. Anyway, I got to go. I want to get Phil on the line. He has the last word. Phil, hi. You've got the last word. Hi, Dr. Hi. Hi. Uh, just to, just to mention, uh, this is actually my first time ever calling in on CJ. Oh, wow. I'm honored. I, I actually listen to it all the time, every day. Okay. Uh, and, uh, but what, uh, it's funny because, 
for a while now. Like I've been hearing on the radio everything about the Me Too movement and, you know, toxic masculinity and all that. And uh, I just wanted to weigh in because I just to let, you know, just to let you know, like I'm a heterosexual man. Mm -hmm. And one one thing that I find um, even growing up as, you know, as a young as a young boy, um, always this kind of ideology that a man like what what is it to be a man and what is Mm masculinity? That's the question. Is that idea of being like a tough guy, you know, and I think that kind of being oh you got to be a tough guy you right know? And, that's the toxic part of it that you've got to be a tough guy to be a real man like yeah. that's a real man and man up don't show your emotions those are the old ways we yeah, don't do that exactly, anymore exactly and i know speaking for myself i mean i think today in today's day and age what what defines a man is really all about his virtues and the terms of who what kind of person does he want to be? Does he want to be an honest, kind, kind yeah. um, compassionate, uh, committed but, is one aspect for me. That's... But those are seen as the feminine traits, and they're not. I don't. I'm. I'm not. I'm not saying they are, but that they are seen as that. I think. I think it's just a question of defining what it is for a man and for what it is for a woman like for example i i have a fiance we've been together for two years well fiancés for two years now and um i think what it is is in terms of of support giving that emotional support Mm -hmm. um being committed i'm committed to her like I, it doesn't matter any woman I would see, and yes, I, I well, you know, you know, to be honest, I mean, yeah, I'll look, I'll see another woman, I'll be. You, we got, I gotta let you feel. I got, I hate that. I hate to have to cut you off when you're the first time calling into CJD, but don't be a stranger on passion, okay? <laughs> Call back again. Uh, wow, so interesting, and I got a bunch of texts. I, I'm going to start off the show tomorrow night with some of these texts, and what is it to be a man? Lots of people started to weigh in a little bit after, but that's it. That's all the time we've got for tonight. Thank you so much for all of your input tonight, and we'll continue. We'll, we'll have a little bit of this conversation tomorrow as well. Thanks to Dave Simon, our technical producer. If you want to find me on social media, at Dr. Lori Batito. Uh, Coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion.